Hello listeners, this is Chris. How are you? I am feeling really good. It's summer, my favorite season, and I'm getting so much sunshine, just soaking it all in, and it feels luscious and delicious. Today we're going to read from Conflict Equals Energy again. We took a break to interview Kristen over in Milwaukee, who had some really cool stories um, and insights to share about her work as an earth healer. And coming up in the next month or two, I am super excited to say that I have a very special interview coming your way with someone who I deeply respect. So more on that um, later as I figure out the details of when that's going to be. But in the meantime, if you haven't checked out my other podcast, it's called Solving Everything. It is wildly different from this podcast, but um, it does deal with authenticity and uh, proactive listening. It is about evolving, and it's basically all of that, plus comedy, plus um, pop culture, plus sports, plus trying to figure out the political scene. It's essentially um, some friends of mine sit down and we have authentic, real conversations about everything. And we disagree frequently. Frequently. We are all over the political spectrum, but we keep showing up to the table and we bring creative work. We share essays. We share thoughts. We share deep thoughts, deeper thoughts, we talk about families and raising our kids. So there's a lot there. And I would love it if you would check it out. It's called Solving Everything. It's everywhere you get podcasts. And then we have a Patreon page as well that you can be a supporter. And now, without further ado, Chapter 4 of Conflict Equals Energy, Connecting to Self. Know thyself. Socrates said that. I do not show the skin for you. I show myself to know myself. It's a quote from Isla Nereo. Who we are at the very core of our being is the subject of the entire fields of philosophy and spirituality. In service of keeping our exploration practical and applicable to our relationships, we will merely dip our toe in these waters. Authentic relating has a very simple answer to the age-old question of what it means to be human. We are first and foremost the inner relationship we have with ourselves. We have many inner voices tugging and pulling us this way and that. Who and what we are then is the integrated voice of all of our myriad parts. That is, we are our connection to self. A great deal of modern thinking, especially in the West, has been influenced by the assembly line and the rise of the machine. Modernization has led to much progress in terms of efficiency and productivity but this hasn't come without its costs. We have been conditioned by our culture to seek constant improvement, success, and individualism, and this seeking affects us more than we may recognize. You and I are not machines. Human beings are not machines. Our achievements rarely follow linear paths. A machine theoretically could live forever and learn to do everything perfectly, but that is not the human fate. We are natural and we are alive, having far more in common with the plants and animals around us than the devices and machines we now rely on so heavily. There are many ways in which we are limited, whether we care to admit this or not. This idea of limits tends to be unpopular in our culture of personal growth, 
which glorifies achievement and the idea that we can do anything we put our minds to. In the West, we seem to be in an all-out war against the idea of human limitation. This individualistic culture of success, aided by social media and the selfie, encourages us to put our best selves forward as much as possible. For many of us, this leads to a deep-seated desire or even expectation to be some kind of superhero. Inevitably, we feel shame when we fail to meet these standards. We hide our faults and inadequacies and end up in posture, grandiosity, and self-hatred. What a mess. Much of the beauty of authentic relating is in recognizing that who we are, as we are, is okay. Nothing needs to be changed, fixed, or improved. In fact, this is a root understanding of many spiritual and religious practices. Connection to ourselves exactly as we are is the most fertile source for personal growth. In this moment, can you truly believe you are okay exactly as you are? For many of us, this can be a radical act. So I invite you to simply try it on and consider it. Attempting to fix or improve ourselves without a strong foundation of self-acceptance tends to hinder our growth, not help it. Organic growth. You are a unique arising in the entirety of human history. Just like the cliched snowflake, every human being is distinct. Because of this uniqueness, no one can tell you a damn thing about how to relate to yourself. There are, of course, useful guides, one of which this book attempts to be. In order to deeply connect with ourselves, we must look within and sort through all the energies, emotions, and voices we find in there. This is what is known as inner work. Why would we do this work? Understanding our organic nature as individuals is essential to unlocking our gifts. Yet to our detriment, we tend to measure ourselves against outer gauges of success instead of tuning into our true nature. Comparison with others can be very useful in our younger years to learn about the world and what is possible, but ultimately it doesn't work in motivating us towards sustainable deep growth. Relying on this type of comparison will always leave us underdeveloped and prevent our gifts from growing fully. We can't manipulate ourselves into being like our heroes and celebrities. Our true selves are utterly unique and must be discovered through inner work. If we view ourselves as machines or projects to be subjected to constant improvement, we will constantly be assessing whether something in us is right or wrong or good enough. Comparison involves a certain type of either-or thinking, while true growth of the self occurs in an atmosphere of creativity and nurturing. At the same time, the mind's base function is to judge the past, that is, to learn, so that it may project future possibilities and help ensure our physical survival. So we certainly don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Critical judgment is a highly useful and necessary human capacity. Another word for this is discernment. This capacity is what has allowed us to do everything from building infrastructures and vehicles to peering into the very molecules that make up our bodies and our world. Understanding organic growth simply means understanding that our critical mind can be counterproductive when it comes to matters of the heart. Our emotions and relationships do not live by the same rules as, say, physics or math. Without the emotional intelligence to balance our critical mind, our relationships will certainly suffer greatly. The critical mind benefits relationships when we use it to identify areas for learning and growth. 
But once we've identified these, we must then enter the territory of our heart and body, which speak an entirely different language. As discussed in Chapter 2, embodiment is the universal translator, which is why authentic relating is an embodied practice. It connects the many facets of our intelligence, creating pathways of communication between them. Exploring the Critical Mind Take a moment to experience this for 30 seconds, but no more. Allow yourself to criticize and judge a behavior or personality trait you have. What does this feel like in your body? How does this affect your emotions? If you're like me, self-judgment feels like shit. It's demoralizing. When I entertain such thoughts, I tend to shrink and collapse. When we notice ourselves thinking cynically or judgmentally in this way, we can bring ourselves back to a clearer line of thinking by simply taking a deep breath and feeling the expansion of our lungs. This immediate reminder of the organic, living nature of our beings is immediately available to us from our first breath to our last. Even when we are shaky with emotion or other distractions, we can always call ourselves back into connection with self by simply feeling our breath. If we can connect with the natural seed of our being in this way, watering and shining light on it with care, it will flower and bear the fruit of our natural gifts. This kind of self-connection takes time and loving attention, but the reward in our relationships with others is well worth the investment. We can only be as supportive and authentic in our relationships with others as we can be in our relationship with ourselves. AR Power Tool Mirror Work This deceptively simple practice can do some serious heavy lifting in connection to self. It might even change your life. Does this sound too good to be true? Try it and find out. Find a quiet place with a mirror where you can speak freely and set a timer for five minutes or whatever length of time you choose. Look yourself in the eyes and have an honest conversation. You might begin by simply saying hello to yourself, naming your immediate thoughts and emotions. As you connect to yourself in this most literal of ways, simply notice what happens. Many people find that the emotions they experience while in direct contact with themselves are complex and enlightening. As best you can, relax into the process and be open to the healing power of devoting time to your relationship with yourself. Relationship as a pathway for growth. The relationship we have with ourselves is not just a core piece of who we are, it is who we are. The emotional tone and energy of that connection affects us and everyone around us and is the single constant we bring into every other sphere of our lives. If we want to expand our possibilities and overcome our limitations in connection with others, our connection with self is the first place to start. To the extent that we fail to pay attention to and deepen this primary relationship with others, our other connections will be surface level and prone to reactivity. Like any other relationship, our connection with self requires time and energy to nurture, but ultimately this is the first step on the pathway to experience experiencing relationship as growth. A healthy relationship with yourself goes far beyond the self-care advocated in many self-help circles. It's true that cultivating a rich relationship with yourself might sometimes look like bubble baths and walking around the block for a breath of fresh air, but a truly deep connection to self requires a measure of self-care that for many of us is unfamiliar or even uncomfortable. Often we avoid looking inside because of the emotional pain we know we'll find when we delve into our depths. 
And yet liberating this pain also liberates our ability to feel the full range of human emotions, including joy. Over time, we can massage away our emotional scar tissue by approaching our hurts, wounds, and self-judgments with a gentle touch. AR Power Tool, Connect to Self Meditation. Connecting to self is a focusing practice that helps us become more aware of ourselves so that we may bring that deeper sense of self into our connection with others. Influenced by a variety of meditation practices, this authentic relating version is characterized by a lack of orientation to a particular goal. Rather than trying to reach a certain state, inner peace for example, the practice of connecting to self is merely about noticing what is present. Whether our inner state is calm, excited, anxious, or sad is irrelevant. We simply notice and welcome whatever arises as a meaningful part of our experience. Cues for individual or facilitated practice. Feel your feet on the ground. Connect with your breath. Notice what is happening for you at this moment emotionally, physically, and mentally. Remember, nothing needs to be fixed or changed. Any desire to fix or change is simply something else to notice. Give it all some space and take a few breaths. You can stretch your toes or move a little bit, whatever you feel you might need to do to attune more deeply with yourself. Some meditation techniques are based on structure, encouraging physical stillness and good posture. Such practices aim to build a capacity for attention or focus. The Connect to Self Authentic Relating Meditation intends instead to guide us through connecting with all that we are in the moment. That is why stretching and making small, slow movements are welcomed in this meditation. Even yawning or sighing is allowed if those things help you become more attuned to your present moment experience. The purpose of this practice is to help us digest and metabolize our experience so that we can be more present and whole in our lives and relationships. It is often said that in this place of deeper connection with ourselves, there is more space for connection with others. Growth from wholeness. It makes sense that many of us shy away from inner work. After all, if we really look inside, we might find a lot of self-criticism and emotional pain. In attempting to find connection with ourselves, we're bound to first discover a lot of disconnection. Try ignoring your best friend or spouse for more than a day. The relationship goes downhill pretty fast. Yet many of us haven't cultivated a strong relationship with self and have neglected our own emotional needs for months or even years. The solution to disconnection from self is twofold. First, we must understand that we are organic beings, not machines. And second, we must practice acceptance of whatever we are experiencing. In other words, we can only grow from where we're planted. So much of personal growth culture gets this understanding backward purporting to give us tools to improve ourselves, often in the guise of development. We don't need a class, book, exercise routine, or workshop to help us fix ourselves. Organic growth and self-improvement strategies are two different things. From the vantage point of organic growth, we connect with ourselves as we are, trusting that we are already whole. Instead of seeking to change ourselves, We choose to foster intimacy with ourselves as we are, giving ourselves time and space to observe and inquire into our authentic experience in each moment.
This practice cultivates self-love, dignity, and peace. Self-intimacy is something no one can teach us, no matter how wise they can be. We must take that inward journey by ourselves and for ourselves. One of the rewards for practicing authenticity is that we get to be and know ourselves more fully through each interaction we have with others. Authentic relating is not a method to manipulate ourselves or our experience of the external world. It is a practice and a way of living for becoming more honest, transparent, and connected. As it turns out, this process is far more satisfying than molding ourselves into something we think the world will accept or attempting to mold others to be more acceptable to us. AR Power Tool, Emotional Clarity. This tool is especially essential for navigating conflict. Us humans often have many conflicting emotions and thoughts, sometimes one right after the other. If you find yourself totally confused about a relationship, you are not alone. Simply knowing that you are unclear can actually help move you towards a more resourced place. Connection to self-intangible terms means that we have the ability to identify our wants, needs, and feelings and to know what to do with them. Very often, when in the midst of a confusing experience, the best next step is to create some space and time to sort through your emotions. When there is an acute challenge in a relationship, follow these steps to cultivate emotional regulation. Step one, identify where you feel a lack of emotional clarity. Is this a big thing? Intense anger or a minor annoyance? Sadness or fear? Who are the people involved and what are the different variables? Practice this simple self-assessment to identify all the elements that need to be sorted. Step two, communicate to the person you're feeling challenged with that you need some space so you can find more clarity. This may take some courage. That's why embracing discomfort is an important element of authentic relating. Each instance of authentically expressing with another helps us build that capacity. Step three, depending on the intensity of the feelings you're experiencing, take an hour, day, or week away from the relationship. Use this time to identify what you need and what might be getting in the way. Some examples of needs, to be listened to or validated, to have boundaries respected, to receive honesty from others, to be acknowledged for work we have done. Step four, once we're clear, we can communicate, letting go of the need to do so perfectly. Remember, it's only human to oscillate between clarity and confusion. Note, there will, of course, be times when others cannot or do not wish to meet our requests. This may lead us to feel disappointed, angry, ashamed, or just plain devastated. How to manage these kinds of experiences is something we'll delve into further in part three of this book. While navigating this landscape of emotional needs can be tricky, learning to do so skillfully brings us greater intimacy with others and ourselves. When we choose to stop hiding our feelings from those close to us and practice asking for what we need, more of our authentic selves become available to our relationships and the opportunity is created for others to reciprocate. Okay, so that was, we're at the, at the end of part one and part two includes games to grow emotional intelligence. 
I've played some of these games in uh, yoga training and just on my own, and they're not like board games, <laughs> you know, but I think approaching them with um, an open mind and an attitude of, I am going to make this fun. This is just an experiment and see what happens. It's a good idea and it can be fun and it undoubtedly will bring you understandings about yourself that you didn't have before. So uh, part two will begin in the next episode. Thanks for listening, everybody.